What's up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on my main platform being Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, YouTube at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, even TikTok at Deep Dive FF. And as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com. With that being said, let's get into the content. What is up, divers? Welcome back into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. It's been a while. It's been a very, very long time, and I've been super busy. That's all it was, really. been super busy with my career and something else that's extremely, extremely important to me that will go unsaid. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited to be back. I'm on night shift now and I got some good amount of days off. We're going to try and slowly get back into the podcast and hopefully I'll be able to do projections. Not sure if I'll be able to do that as I used to, but as always, I'm always here for insight, always here for you guys. If you have any questions, a lot of you guys have kept in touch with me, whether it be Instagram or Twitter. Well, now I'm back on the podcast as well, so let's get it going. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff today. It's basically me just, you know, talking about football, talking about fantasy, a little bit of both. We've got a lot going on. We've got a Super Bowl coming up, uh, insane season, insane playoffs that went down, everything. And I just want to start with that Bengals-Chiefs game that ended recently. Everyone is giving Patrick Mahomes such a hard time about that halftime pass when they were at the two-yard line when he threw it to Tyreek. And then Tyreek got tackled, didn't get in, so they couldn't get a field goal. You guys need to relax. The people that are giving Mahomes a hard time about that need to relax. Patrick Mahomes threw the ball to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is one of the most deadly weapons in the NFL. Tyreek Hill is one of the hardest people to touch in the NFL. And he trusted his elite weapon to make one person miss and get into the end zone. Tyreek did not make that person miss. So Mahomes had a tr- had trust in his elite player. I'm not going to fault him for that. Plus, it's a big game. It's a huge game. You want as much points as possible, and you've got to be able to take some risks. Okay, we can't look at everything with hindsight. Oh, they didn't score that, so, you know, they, they, they didn't score that, so they should have kicked a field goal. Okay, great job, but what if they did score? What if they did score? Or what if they kicked a field goal, and then they still ended up losing, and then, oh, they should have went for it. They, they should have just went for it, given, given it to Tyreek. You know, he wasn't he wasn't going out of bounds, but they should have just given it to him and let him make a man miss. I mean, he's so good at it. Guys, you can't have it both ways. I'm so tired of the hindsight. And I'm not saying you guys listening. I'm just saying in general. Everyone's always applying hindsight to all, to the Chargers, to... Patrick Mahomes, to just all these different scenarios, stop applying hindsight, okay, please. It's, there's so many arguments both directions. I thought that was perfectly fine. I think it was a great defensive play by the Bengals. I was fine with Patrick Mahomes' decision. A four-point difference between seven points and three points, that's a big deal, and they already had a nice lead. If they put, if they scored a touchdown, that game is definitely put away now you might be saying the same thing about a field goal but not really not necessarily so I was fine with it I just wanted to say people need to chill on that now let's talk about the 49ers 
the other team that lost this weekend. So let's talk about the quarterbacks. Trey Lance, in my opinion, is full go as the starter. Most people agree with that. It's going to be great for fantasy. He's probably going to be a QB1 with rushing and playmakers. He's got the perfect combo. He's got a live arm, but that's not part of the combo, but he does have a live arm. He's got the rushing. He's shown it in the games that he's played, and he did it in college, and he's got playmakers. Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, guys like that, Jamar Chase, the rack, the run-after-catch guys, those help quarterbacks in fantasy extremely, extremely. So Trey Lance, he doesn't even have to be a great passer. He's going to run the ball enough, and he can give the ball to Debo, who can just go crazy. And Ayuk is also a pretty fast guy who's got some good run-after-catch as well. So right there, same with Kittle. Right there, you've got plenty of reasons to be all-in on Trey Lance as a late-round tight end for redraft next year. I'm all about it. If you want to try to buy him in Dynasty, I don't think it's going to be easy to because the person who has him right now has probably been holding him, waiting for him to start. So that's probably not going to work out. But Trey Lance is going to be a top 12 quarterback. I'm calling it from now. And Jimmy Garoppolo, he's probably going to go to be a starter somewhere else. I can't see him not being a starter. He did everything he did. Yes, he might not have had a great last game. And he may not be as clutch as some people want. But he was going through so much. Shoulder pain, thumb. He's got to get thumb surgery. Like he's He was going through all that stuff. He's only 30 years old, actually, which I was surprised to see. I thought he was a little bit older, but he's only 30 years old. He's going to be a starter somewhere, whether it's Washington, Denver, if they can't get Aaron Rodgers. If Pittsburgh decides they're not going to go with a rookie, they might take Jimmy Garoppolo. There's plenty of places for him. He will be a starter somewhere. Tampa, maybe if for some reason they don't want to roll with Trask, which I doubt that's the case. They're probably, if Brady retires, they're probably going to roll with Trask, but because why not? I mean, what else? What was the purpose of drafting him if you're not going to give him a shot? But just throwing out examples. Now let's talk about my Super Bowl prediction. Because we've got a sick Super Bowl. Everyone loves both these teams. The Rams, the Bengals. I mean, so many people are were rooting for both of these guys. I know I was since the beginning rooting for... It's tough. Okay. Since the beginning, I was rooting for the Bengals. I'd never thought that they would even be in the playoffs. I thought maybe they could slide barely into the playoffs, but no, I I, I did not picture this at all. I really didn't. I, I honestly didn't think they were going to make the playoffs, but I've been rooting for them. You guys know I'm a huge Boyd truther. You guys know I like Burrow a lot. I like T. Higgins a lot. Jamar Chase, I thought, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm always a straight shooter with you guys. After the draft, I was upset because I liked Burrow. I liked Boyd. I was upset that they took Chase. I thought that was the wrong pick. I thought they should have took in... Taken? Taken Panay Sewell. They didn't. They took Chase. And yeah, you can't really say nothing about it. Even if Panay Sewell ends up being amazing, Jamar Chase is already amazing. So either way, you know, Jamar Chase was a great pick, no matter what ends up being the case with Panay Sewell, which he's been pretty good, I think, so far with the Lions. But now I've got the Bengals, or we've got the Bengals in the Super Bowl, and we've got the Rams in the Super Bowl. Well, if you go back to my earliest podcast before the season started, you will recall me saying that I think the Rams and Chargers are going to play in the Super Bowl this year. Obviously, I was way off on the Chargers. The Chargers didn't even make the playoffs. But the Rams are in the Super Bowl, and I said the Rams would beat the Chargers. So my call before the season was the Rams winning the Super Bowl. I'm going to stick with it. I think the Rams are going to beat the Bengals. 
And I also said the Rams were going to be the team to knock out the Bucs because I thought they were pretty much the only team that would be able to knock out the Bucs in the playoffs, and they did. I was super sad about that because pretty much everything that I thought was going to happen for my Bucks this season in terms of not fantasy, because I, I was wrong on a couple things for fantasy for the Bucs, but in regards to just the actual season, I got every game call right, including the, the playoff game versus the Rams. So... It was unfortunate that I was spot on, but the Rams are probably going to win the Super Bowl now because I don't know how the Bengals are going to stop them defensively. I know they they did really well against the Chiefs, and they stopped the Chiefs, but I don't know, man. Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford, they're rolling. They're rolling. I think it's going to be a great game, though. The entire playoffs, like the last, what, four playoff games have come down to the, the last score, come down to the last drive. Or gone into overtime. So I think that's going to be the same thing in the Super Bowl. I really think that this Super Bowl is going to come down to the last drive. There's going to be more lead changes in this Super Bowl than probably the past five Super Bowls. And we're going to have a great game. And I'm super excited for it. I'm fine with anybody who wins. If the Bengals pull this off, I mean, you look at their team on paper. Their team on paper is at best, at best, NFL average. At best. Because, okay, Joe Burrow, you could say top five quarterback, sure. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, receiving core, you could say top five if you want, sure. You could even say Joe Mixon if you want to if you want to go like all in on Joe Mixon. You, you could say Joe Mixon's top five running back, sure. Offensive line, bottom five probably. Defense, at best, at best, maybe like average. I would say they're a little worse than that. They don't have any stars other than really Jesse Bates. You could make an argument for some of the defensive linemen as being a star, but I, I wouldn't. They don't have any crazy playmakers, really, other than a few here and there. And they're not super deep at anything other than wide receiver, which, I mean, not really, because it's pretty much, it. you know, depth for wide receiver, I think, goes to wide receiver 4-5. Wide receiver 4-5 for the Bengals is not that great. So... You're looking at a team, and offensive line is probably the most important thing outside of quarterback in the NFL. I don't know how they got here. I really don't. It's just Burrow. He is just a beast. He is amazing. He He's going to be, honestly, he's got the determination, in my opinion. He's got the determination of Tom Brady, and I think that that's going to take him very far. I'm not comparing him to Tom Brady. That's like trying to compare somebody to Michael Jordan, like Tom Brady is the GOAT of football possibly the GOAT of any sport. I don't really think that that's debatable. And and I'm not saying that because I'm a Bucks fan. I said that before he even came to Tampa. And I, I was never a Patriots guy. Like I rooted against the Patriots early and often, and I would still say that. So I don't know how people argue against Brady. I think they're just salty. But anyways, I'm not comparing him to Brady. I'm just saying Joe Burrow has that type of drive, that type of mentality that's going to take him very far in this league. And He's got really good tools. His arm is decent, but he's got really good size. He's got mobility, and now he's got weapons. If the Bengals surround Burrow with an offensive line, it's going to be the the Chiefs and the Bengals and probably the Chargers if they can figure out. I, I mean, if, the, if Brandon Staley ends up being good or if they get a new coach, because I don't know why the Chargers didn't make the playoffs. I know Herbert had some ups and downs, but Herbert is a super young, talented guy, and 
they they have so many weapons on the defensive side of the ball. They have Mike Williams, have Austin Eckler, have Keenan Allen. So, anyways, I think the AFC is going to consist of the same teams from here on out pretty much in the playoffs, and that's going to be the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Bills, and the Chargers. I would say those are the four teams that are consistently going to be getting there to the end, consistently being picked before the season starts as Super Bowl contenders. And you could also throw in the Patriots, obviously, because Mac Jones and Bill Belichick, mainly Bill Belichick, I mean, he's going to do it with anybody. So back to what I was saying. The Bengals are probably going to give the Rams a run for their money, but I'm going to take the Rams. And I think the Bengals are going to be super sustainable, and they're probably going to be better next year than they were this year. They might not get as far, because I think they are vastly outperforming the talent on their team. Um, But sometimes, you know, when there's a will, there's a way. It's a saying for a reason. So with that said, that's enough uh, Super Bowl stuff, football stuff. Let's talk about some and also by the way real quick i have to work during the super bowl that sucks i'm gonna see if i can get off but i probably can't we'll see but you know maybe i'll find a way to watch it who knows what what will happen there but anyways let's talk about some fantasy all right so right now we're in the time of the off season we're talking dynasty fantasy football is all over the place it's All Twitter wants to talk about, it's pretty much all anybody that is still talking about fantasy is talking about at this point. So that's going to be the main focus from here on out, not just this podcast episode, but just from here on out in general. So let's talk about how to attack, in my opinion, how you need to attack your dynasty fantasy football offseason. You've got to make a decision. It starts with the decision. You've got to look at your team. Be true to yourself. Don't lie to yourself. Don't try to make yourself feel better. Be honest. I do this with myself. I've got a couple teams that are trash. And I've got a couple dynasty teams that are trash. I admit that to myself, and that's why they're not going to be trash for long. That's why in a year or two, they're going to be in the finals. So you've got to be able to make the decision. You've got to go all in. You're either rebuilding completely, completely committed to the process of a rebuild, or you're all in for next year. You have to pick one. There is no middle ground. If you stay in the middle ground, you're never going to go anywhere. Think about it like this, okay? Teeter-totter. You've got a teeter-totter, right? This is just off the top of my head. I don't know how this just popped into my head, but I think it's a good analogy or metaphor, whichever is which. I always forget. So you've got a teeter-totter, right? You've got one person who's significantly heavier. So you've got two people on there. One person's way heavier. They're at the bottom, right? They could be the trash team, you could say. They're at the bottom. The The really good team is at the top, right? The person in the middle is right in the middle of the teeter-totter. Well, what happens whenever any movement happens on the teeter-totter, right? Somebody from the bottom can go to the top. Somebody from the top can go to the bottom. The middle never moves. If you stay in the middle in dynasty fantasy football, you will never move. You will stay in the middle. Don't stay in the middle. You've got to go all in or rebuild. Trust me. I stayed in the middle in one dynasty league on purpose to see what would happen. Oh, maybe if I just, you know, draft well, you know, with my one pick in every round next year, then I can make the jump. But the problem is, is you're banking on hitting all of those picks and none of your players regressing. That's not how fantasy works. So you've got to commit. Now, once you have committed, you have to know what positions you're going to attack. For example, if you're committed to a rebuild, 
and it's super flex, your number one position that you need to lock down is quarterback. You have to lock down quarterback. I threw out a trade that I just um, made in one of my leagues, and you guys, a lot of you guys probably commented on it, a lot of you that are listening, but I sent away Kyler Murray, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and Curtis Samuel. I got back. This is one of the leagues that my team is not very good, and I'm committed, committing completely to a rebuild. I sent those guys away for Justin Fields, Jalen Waddell, DJ Moore, and a second-round pick. So I gave away an elite fantasy quarterback in a super flex league. Well, Brandon, you just said lockdown quarterback. Well, here's the issue. I have no ammo to get a quarterback. So Kyler is the only like elite player on my team. I've got Antonio Gibson. I've got, who's the other young running back I have? I have another good one. Oh, it, not great. Josh Jacobs. So I have Josh Jacobs. I've got Antonio Gibson. I had T. Higgins, Devonta Smith. You know, I had some players there. But the only elite person that I had to help me get some ammo was Kyler Murray. And I see Justin Fields as somebody who could easily score just as much or just under what Kyler Murray's going to be scoring because Fields has the legs too. You just got to use them. And hopefully the new coach will let him use them. So I got a quarterback replacement. I've got one young quarterback. But now I've got a plethora of wide receivers because those two added to what I already had are really good. They're all really young. I've got a plethora of wide receivers to either combine with picks to go get a quarterback or you know, just trade straight up for a quarterback, whatever the case may be. I've got ammo now. You've got to lock down the quarterback position first in a super flex rebuild. Now, the next position is wide receiver. So that's also why I wanted those receivers. Because if I don't do anything with them, well, they're super young and I've got them for my rebuild. Now, they're going to be good for a long time. So when my team comes into its prime, they're going to be in their prime as well. So quarterback, wide receiver are your number one, number two focuses in a super flex rebuild. And then tight end. Honestly, tight end's pretty much on the same level as wide receiver because they last pretty much just as long. So Kyle Pitts, honestly, Kyle Pitts is not far off from Jamar Chase in terms of dynasty value in general, not to any specific league, just straight up Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts. I don't think that they're they're really that far off. And depending on what your team looks like, I would be okay trading away Jamar Chase for Kyle Pitts. Now you could probably ask for a little bit more on top. You guys might think that's crazy, but I'm, I'm completely serious. I am one of the few people I feel like that really dive into positional scarcity in a, a way that's different from what other people do. Because if you guys remember, I do the VORP, right? The value over replacement player. Travis Kelsey, on average, gave you seven points more, seven points more per week on average in his worst season over the last five years over your average person's tight end. So if you had Travis Kelsey, you are basically starting your week with seven points against the other player's zero on average. That was his worst year. Usually he was like eight, nine, or 10 in terms of his advantage over the average tight end. Kyle Pitts is going to be like that. And that is not something that you see at any other position. The closest thing was Christian McCaffrey in what was it, 2019, when he had 30 points per game. He was averaging about, I think it was like nine points more than that the average running back that he was played against. So, I mean, and Christian McCaffrey put up a historic season for fantasy purposes. That has not, that's not going to be repeated really. Maybe one day, one time, but it's not something that you're going to see often. Kyle Pitts is going to be one of those guys. He was tight end five or tight end six in his rookie season, broke a thousand receiving yards and had one touchdown. 
You guys think he's going to have one touchdown? You think that's going to be normal? He's going to get six minimum probably every season with upside of 12, depending on how they use him and what other weapons they add. So Kyle Pitts is easily, easily, even if Jamar Chase scores 25 points a game and Kyle Pitts scores 18 points a game, Kyle Pitts is going to be just as valuable to your team because there ain't no other tight end scoring that except for Kelsey, but he ain't going to be in the league for long. So you just got to think about stuff like that. Anyways, rebuilding for Superflex, quarterback, absolute number one priority. You lock in those quarterbacks, they're going to be there forever after you lock them in. Then you've got to worry about your wide receivers, tight ends. You don't plug running back in until you're ready. When your team is ready to go, those wide receivers, those quarterbacks, those tight ends, they're booming. That's when you throw in your running backs because your running backs from rookies are going to be studs and they don't last long. So that's why you got to do that. Then if you're rebuilding in PPR, I would say, so it's not super flex, wide receiver, (coughs) excuse me, wide receiver and tight end are your number one priority, then running back, quarterback, you don't really even need a great quarterback if it's not super flex. So quarterback, I'm not worried about. So I would say wide receiver, tight end, then running back. So you've got to understand if you're rebuilding what you want, if you're going all in, it's pretty much the opposite. If you're going all in, running back is your number one priority because the most common theme on championship teams is a very good running back or multiple workhorse running backs that are consistent, reliable, 20 point plus per game dudes. So if you're going all in, running back should be your first priority, even in dynasty. All right. Now you've made your decision. You're going all in or you're going rebuild. You've made your decision. Now you know what positions to attack. We've talked about it. So Let's take a, you know, let's dive deep into your strategy. Don't hold, for example, don't hold an Adam Thielen in a rebuild. You're committing completely to a rebuild. Even if you're like, ah, nobody is giving me the value that I want for Adam Thielen. Screw them. You're not screwing them. You're screwing yourself for multiple reasons. One, one, you've got Adam Thielen. He's going to be absolutely useless absolutely useless to you if he is useless to you then you need to give him to somebody else to get some type of value right why are you going to hold them just because somebody's not giving you the value you want he's going to be on your team he's going to help you you're going to play him he's going to help you a little bit and you know what that's going to cause that's going to cause you to be in the middle of your of your league you're going to be stuck in the middle Because he's going to make you have a little bit, a slightly better record, slightly more points fielded, something like that. And that's going to be what ends up hurting you. So you need to sell him for that reason. That is exactly why you don't want to hold guys like that. Don't hold a Derrick Henry. Don't hold a Dalvin Cook. Nothing of that sort. Okay, because those guys, if you're committed to a rebuild, you can get value for them. Get value for them. Otherwise, it's just value that dies on your roster and hurts you by making your record be too good to have the number one overall pick, and get a Jamar Chase, get a Kyle Pitts, something of that manner. So that's basically why you you got to commit all the way. All right. So focus on youth, take risks, especially if you're rebuilding. If you're rebuilding, take risks. You are afforded that luxury. I would say a good risk right now is Davis Mills because the risk is there that he gets replaced in this draft. But also he might not get replaced, at which point his Value is going to skyrocket. If you take the risk now, 
It's not going to cost you much, and it brings you a good reward. It's the quarterback position. Remember, the number one priority in a rebuild, and you can get one that might end up being somebody for a very long time, and that's why you've got to take risks. Calvin Ridley, you would think he's a good risk at first, but he's actually 27, so not that great of a risk. So it's a higher risk, not that great of a reward, I mean. So think of stuff like that as well. Know your buy windows, know your sell windows. I'll give some more examples. Once again, going back to Davis Mills. Know your buy window. Right now is the buy window for Davis Mills because if the Texans pass on a quarterback, his price is going to go up. Right now is a good buy window for Chris Godwin because no matter what happens, I don't see his value going down. His value is going to go up because he's either going to stay in Tampa, right? And then it's going to be him and Mike Evans. AB's gone. Gronk is probably going to leave with Brady, right? They're probably both retiring. So Evans and Godwin, and Godwin's going to be the future because Evans is starting to get up there in age. He's going to have a huge contract, and he's going to be the number one wide receiver for Tampa. Now people are for sure, the unknown is gone. They for sure know what's going to be happening. What's the case for Chris Godwin? His value is going to go up. If he leaves and he goes somewhere else, if he leaves Tampa, I'm telling you this right now, Tampa's top priority is Chris Godwin right now. One, because it helps them try to get Brady to come back for one more year because he has another weapon. And two, because he's young, homegrown talent, and he hasn't made his money yet, and Tampa wants to be the team to give him that money because he was a third-round pick. So if Chris Godwin Godwin ends up somewhere other than Tampa, I promise you he's getting crazy money. Like I'm talking like minimum $18 a year, probably 20-something a year. That's the kind of money Godwin's going to be getting if he leaves Tampa, 100%. And if he's getting that kind of money, he's the number one target in that offense, and he's going to get 10 targets a game or something close to that. And he's also a run-after-the-catch type of guy. Not to the level of Debo, but he's he's pretty high up there. He's like similar to an A.J. Brown, maybe a, a, a notch below A.J. Brown because A.J. Brown's also a beast. So, you you know, that's another buy window. You know your sell windows right now. Your cell window is open for Debo Samuel. Whoa, Brandon, what? He just turned in such a good season. He's so young. Why would you sell him? Because people are not yet pondering the effect of Trey Lance. Just think about that. Trey Lance, the 49ers already don't throw the ball a lot. Now your quarterback is going to be a quarterback that runs a lot. They're going to pass the ball even less. Okay, Trey Lance, we have no idea how he's going to be with Debo. Now, I'm not saying Debo's going to get bad, but right now, Debo are, people are looking at Debo as a top five, a top five wide receiver. I know he had an outstanding season. I know he's getting, you know, 500 rushing yards and 1,500 receiving yards. Like, I know he's been going crazy, but this offense is going to be completely different. And he's also somebody that struggled with injury and he just had his healthy season. So. Now is the sell window. It's not, he's, Debo's not going to outperform what his value is right now. What you can get for Debo right now is not going to be worse than what Debo's ceiling is. Because this year was his ceiling. AKA, now is your sell window. Because once Jimmy Garoppolo leaves, then all the Twitter analytics, not saying anything bad about them, I'm, I'm one of them often at times, all the, the Twitter analytic people are going to come out and start talking about Trey Lance and tar- start talking about how 
the 49ers off- offense is going to pass a lot less and the clock is going to be even slower and or go through the game faster. They're going to slow down the clock a lot more with running with Trey Lance and Elijah Mitchell and we'll see what happens with Trey Sermon if he ever gets any touches in, in San Fran. I don't know what's going on with that. But now's the perfect time to sell Debo. That's a sell window that's open. Another sell window that's open, another guy who's got far in the playoffs is actually still there, Odell Beckham. You guys remember Robert Woods? I bet you some people don't. That might sound crazy to you, but I bet you, I bet you some people don't. If you make, if you have Odell and you offer him to somebody, you might be able, if you get to the right person, you've got to feel, feel the waters, know the people in your league, you know, you might be able to get a late first for Odell. I would take the late first. I would take the late first for Odell. So, Woods is coming back. Odell is one of those players that a lot of teams are not going to give a chance to, right? He's been a couple places. It seems like he's giving people issues. I'm not saying anything about it. I'm not giving my opinion on, on him or anything. I mean, I don't think really, like, I, I wouldn't be opposed to the Bucks bringing in Odell at this point from stuff I've seen recently, um, not just in terms of on the field, or, yeah, on the field, but also off the field. He seems fine to me, but... I know a lot of teams are going to be out on Odell, and he's probably going to stay with with the Rams because they gave him a shot. He wants success. He wants to get far into the playoffs. This is what he cares about, right? He wants to be on a good team with a good quarterback, and he has that right now, and he's got good chemistry with Stafford. When Woods comes back, Odell's not going to have the same same type of usage, so he's somebody who's a good sell window. Now, finally, before we close it out, I'm going to talk about some people I think are some are good buys right now. Davis Mills is one of them we already talked about. Low risk, high reward guy. Um, high reward for your risk, I should say. He's not like high reward, like he could be a top five quarterback, but he could be a serviceable quarterback for sure in Superflex. Now, I also think this is interesting. Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins, and Jimmy Garoppolo are all good buys right now because a lot of people are in the camp, and this may be the case with their owner. A lot of people may think that they're not going to be starters. They will be starters. They will be starters. You've got plenty of teams that need quarterbacks right now. Okay? Like, I didn't write this down or anything, so I might even miss a couple teams. You might be like, oh, Brandon, don't forget about. So, you know, I probably do will forget about one or two. But you've got the Steelers that are going to need a quarterback. And remember, we're talking about the, the Browns, the Vikings, and the 49ers right now with Baker, Cousins, and Jimmy. So we're going to count those three because if people think that those people are going to be out of the job, then they obviously think those people are going to get a new quarterback. Those teams are going to get a new quarterback. So that's three. Steelers are four. Okay. Uh, Washington is five. Panthers are six. S- uh, Saints are seven. That's already seven. That's seven teams. Broncos, eight. Uh, what's another one? I would say that's probably it. So you've got those eight teams that all need quarterbacks. Right? How many rookie quarterbacks are in this this class? Five? Five-ish, maybe? So that leaves three spots open. Oh, look at that. Baker, Cousins, Jimmy. Those are your three right there. They're all going to be starting somewhere. So just, just know that and take a shot at them. Because I know some people that don't think any of those guys are going to be starting. And I sent out a lot of offers for those guys in the league that I'm rebuilding, the one that I just got fields. I sent out, because I've got a lot of second-round picks, I sent out a second-round pick and a high third-round pick. 
as an offer for Baker, as an offer for Davis Mills, as an offer for Kirk Cousins, and for Jimmy Garoppolo. I'll be happy if anybody accepts those. Because even though Jimmy G and Cousins are a little bit older, it's the quarterback position. So even if they're a little bit older and they're 30, you know, Jimmy's 30, Cousins is 33, they're going to be in the league for five years at least, about. So, you know, unless something crazy happens. So that's fine. And that's not even a high price to pay. I'm just trying to lock in a second quarterback so I can at least have something in my super flex spot other than somebody who's going to get 10 points a game because they're like my eighth positional player. So, you know, those are some guys that I think are good buys at the quarterback position. Also, you could say Kyle Trask before Brady announces his retirement because once Brady announces his retirement, Maybe even after he'll still be a buy because I know a lot of people are going to think the Bucks are going to try to replace him. That's not the case, I promise. The Bucks will not replace Kyle Trask. If Brady retires, Kyle Trask should be the one who's taking all the reps next year. Otherwise, they drafted him for no reason at all. And they drafted him in the second round, and he looked good in the preseason as a rookie before he sat behind Brady for a year. So I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be a good buy. Either way. And then Kadarius Tony, he's got Brian Dable as the head coach now from the Bills. They even took the Bills assistant, I think it was assistant GM over, to be their GM now or, or head of player personnel or something. So the, the Giants are going to have that Bills kind of mindset now. And I think that could be very good for Kadarius Tony. They could start to look at him as like a Stephon Diggs because he is somebody who's very shifty, very elusive very capable of being a deadly route runner because of his intangibles and I think Kadarius Stoney is going to be the wide receiver one on that team and a lot of people are forgetting about him because after he had that big blow-up game he kind of fell off the map so Kadarius Stoney somebody for sure I think Jerry Judy's another good one because he's gonna get a quarterback upgrade regardless of whether it's Aaron Rodgers or Jimmy Garoppolo or whoever it's going to be an upgrade of what he's been dealing with so I would say Jerry Judy's a good one plus Corton Sutton Cortland Sutton is not going to be a Bronco for long. Terry McLaurin, I mean, he might if they resign him, but Terry McLaurin is another good one. He has been dealing with Taylor Heineke, which, I mean, I, I love the dude and I'm happy with everything that went down for him. And he got his opportunity, he made himself some money at a college and all that stuff. And I'm happy for him, but he's not a great quarterback. And Terry McLaurin is a very good receiver who's very good at running routes gets open quite often and needs quarterback that can hit him and I don't see how Washington comes out of this offseason without a quarterback upgrade so Terry McLaurin's another good one and then Juju Smith-Schuster because he's only 25 years old he is a free agent again this year because he only stayed for one more year in Pittsburgh so once again he's going to be a free agent he's probably going to get some good money I would reckon maybe $15, $14 million a year to go somewhere, and with the money comes targets. So I think Juju's going to be somebody who a lot of people forgot about, and you can kind of just get him for a little cheaper than he is should be valued at. Now, lastly, before we head out of here, talk about some new coaches. The Bears got Matt Eberflus. He was the Colts' defensive coordinator. So I was kind of hoping for an offensive-minded guy for Justin Fields, I think that was kind of an annoying hire, but we'll see what happens. Then we've got the Giants taking Brian Dable, we talked about, and the Broncos taking Nathaniel Hackett, who was the offensive coordinator for the Packers. <coughs> I don't know why I'm seizing so much today, and I'm probably starting to get stuffy, sound stuffy, so I apologize for that. But anyways, thanks for tuning in, guys. Thank you for listening. I'm sorry it's been forever since I've uploaded. 
If you have any questions, feel free to ask them. I'm always here. I love getting asked questions anyways. It also, a lot of times, will help me be like, ooh, that's something I want to talk about. And it actually helps me with ideas for the podcast. So feel free to always ask questions. Drop a rating, drop a review if you like the show. Um, Or should I say podcast, since it's not really a show. And uh, recommend the, the podcast to your friends. It's a family. Anybody you think could benefit from it. Thank you guys for everything. And have a good one. Peace. Thank you.